Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about chores, jobs, allowance, oh my, and this is honestly not one of my favorite topics to discuss because frankly, it's not an area in my own household that I feel like I have been off the charts successful with. Part of it has to do with what I personally value in terms of how I spend my time with my family in my home. And I would say that organizing, cleaning, decluttering is not super duper high on my own list. I have friends who I walk into their homes and you would think that they had a live-in maid who was doing nothing but cleaning their house nonstop. But that's not the case. They just are the types of people that keep a very clean and pristine and decluttered house. I admire those people, but those people are not me. And they're certainly not the people living in my household. So while I do love it when my house is clean and picked up and pulled together, it's not something that I focus on so much that my house looks spotless and clean and decluttered and without any messes all the time. However, if I didn't address our need to clean and declutter from time to time, it would be a disaster zone. And I know that's not a place that works well for our family. It causes a lot of alarm and anxiety to be in an environment that is cluttered and where things are kind of scattered. And I can feel myself when I'm feeling really agitated about the state of my house. And it becomes like the sense of urgency that I must clean, I must declutter. Oftentimes when I get really frustrated with my kids or something going on, I will just go into what I describe as like a cleaning rage where like to get rid of that energy sometimes I'll just like scrub the counters of the kitchen or or I will just throw myself at the laundry and loading laundry and kind of doing this physical outlet of decluttering and cleaning my house sometimes releases some of that pent up energy. But I also at the same time feel a sense of responsibility because it is my responsibility to teach my kids, to lead my kids in becoming functional adults eventually, where they know how to take care of things. They know how to do their own laundry, to run a vacuum, to clean. And I also want them to be contributing to this household that we all share. Our home is not big, and there's six of us and a dog. And because of that, Our house can get cluttered and messy really fast and then add to the mix as being home most of the time right now due to the pandemic. And gosh, it seems like there's constant messes and decluttering that need to be taken care of. 
So we need to all attack this together. This is not just my job or my husband's job. We all need to participate in keeping our house picked up and run well. So there's the necessity for a clean house. And there's also the necessity for kids to learn to contribute and to do some of these things, which really are life skills. So here are my tips on how to address chores and helping out the jobs around the house with your kids. These are things that I found to be successful. My first tip would be to start kids young. Little kids think chores are awesome. They feel empowered. When you look at a little three or four-year-old and you're like, you know what? I think you're old enough to learn how to make the bed. Oh my gosh, they're so excited. They can't wait to jump in. They can't wait to figure out how to do this big kid thing. And they're very eager to join in this process. So when you start kids young, they're not tainted by the reality of the fact that, hey, this actually isn't really fun. And I'd way rather be doing a lot of other things other than chores. So getting them started young is helpful. And also think about chores as something that kids get to grow into, where a young child feels empowered by the fact they're old enough to finally get a help out with a certain chore or life skill that they have gotten old enough to participate in. And I'm going to go into that a little bit now. So my second tip is to increase the challenge and the list of chores with age and layer on the different chores that kids are expected to participate in as they get older. So the types of chores, like I said, that I tend to focus on with my kids are ones that are really life skills. That's what works best for us and our family. Other people I know are successful at training their kids to do all kinds of chores from cleaning toilets to scrubbing kitchen floors and vacuuming and mopping and things that really require a lot of skill and where I have a higher standard in terms of cleanliness. I personally am a bit, a little bit too much of a perfectionist when it comes to disinfecting. I get a little squeamish thinking that I am putting my own health and the disinfecting of a toilet that a bunch of us share to a six-year-old. That's just not something for me that I feel super confident in. Now, doing it alongside with my child, that's fine. But personally, again, and how I choose to use my time with our family, what we value, I just don't farm out those types of chores to my kids yet. I might change my mind, especially as my oldest kids are getting closer to college age and leaving the nest. I want them to know how to do it properly. And so I'll probably layer in a little bit of training about those things that require more skill and precision as they're getting closer to leaving the nest. But for right now, like I said, I focus on chores that are tied to life skills I want them to have before they leave home. So starting very young with your two-year-old child, they can be helping certainly with picking up toys, picking up clothes that have been taken off and putting them in the hamper. So just general picking up type help. When they get to be age three to four, that's a great age to teach kids how to make their bed. Again, you help them, you teach them, you empower them to be able to do it for themselves with your support. Between the age of five to six, that's a great age for kids to learn how to set the table for dinner and how to clear the table every time they eat, but also to help clearing the table from a family meal where there's more than just their own personal plate to clear, but other items that might have been brought to the table. Between the ages of seven to eight, that's a great age to have kids help with pet care, feeding dogs, grooming dogs, washing dogs and cats. I just said dogs because that's what we have, but helping with pet care, 
seven to eight years old. Between ages nine to 10, that's a great age to involve kids in laundry. The way I've done it in my household is I kind of do it as a gradual stepping stone to doing their own laundry. At 10, I have my kids put away their own folded laundry. By age 11, they're getting a basket full of their washed and dried laundry that they then have to fold and put away. And then by age 12, they do it all on their own. So by age 12, they get trained on how to run the washing machine, how to separate their clothes by color, how to dry it, how to keep it moving, uh, folding their own laundry and putting it away. So they do the whole thing by age 12. Because my goal, I hate doing laundry. And my goal is eventually that all four of my kids will be completely on their own when it comes to laundry. My oldest two are already there. They take care of 100% of their own laundry duties. And I layered in the responsibilities as they reach those particular ages. And it works great for them. I can't say that they always do it exactly to my standards. Sometimes they get lazy and they throw all their clothes in together. And then they realize, oh my gosh, my white shirt's now pink. Well, gosh, you put in your colors and your whites together. Gosh, we, we learned a hard lesson there. But these are life lessons that are worth learning, even through failures like that. When kids get to be around age 12-ish, they can really be helpful with meal prep, certainly babysitting and helping out with younger siblings if you have multiple kids, and as well as all the other things I've already mentioned. And then when you have an older child, a teenager, perhaps a 16-year-old or older child who is driving, it's a great time to layer in running errands, going on and buying groceries more advanced cleaning chores, like I already mentioned, the cleaning of the toilets, disinfecting, things that require more skill and precision. Those are great things to do those last couple of years before they may be leaving the home, heading off to college and or the workforce. My next tip is to build in some type of structure and routines as to when chores get done. Assigning certain days of the week, for example, for the laundry, it wouldn't work if everybody wanted to do laundry on the same days. So building in a structure or routine that kind of guides when those things happen can be really helpful. Certain times a day when or week when certain chores get done, build into a structure or routine that kind of guides versus just always having to say, could you please walk the dog? Could you please walk the dog? Could you please walk the dog? Just have it preset that right after you eat breakfast, you walk the dog if that's one of your chores. So that kids know that there's a predictable structure and routine to their chores And it doesn't have to be something that you're always having to nag the kids to participate in, but they just know, oh, it's the routine. It's how we do things here. My next tip has to do with doing chores together. Oftentimes parents think, oh, I'm just, I need to tell my kids to do their chores and they just need to do it. Well, oftentimes kids, once they get over the age of two, three, four, when chores are fun, They recognize that, oh gosh, it was fun the first couple of times, but now it's not so fun. Now it literally deserves the name of chore. And so when kids feel like they're just having to constantly do chores because we tell them to do so, oftentimes they'll get pushback. Now, again, you might be really successful in setting up some type of a structure or routine. Like my son knows after breakfast, he always walks the dog. It's not something that I necessarily have to do with him. He does it on his own. He's 13, he's capable, he's part of the routine. But some chores require more nudging than others. And when you have a young kid who's maybe not real interested in participating in chores successfully, invite them to join us in the chores. If we're going to do the dishes together, kids are much more willing to join in. And that's really what matters most. Not that your kid is doing a chore by themselves because you told them to do so, 
but that they're doing it. And if you do it together with your kids, they're much more likely to participate. And then it can be a bonding thing, a connecting thing to work side by side with your children. Patty Whiffler of Hand in Hand Parenting, she says the following, this is her quote, children aren't designed for solitary work. They're designed for fun, for collaboration, and for being noticed. They're designed for absorbing your presence as you notice their skills and their accomplishments. And that is so true. Kids are not meant to be on their own, doing their own thing 24-7. And when you're asking a child to do something that may not be fun necessarily, like a chore, and you're demanding that they do it by themselves independently, you might get into a power struggle. So it's better to do chores together with your kids, side by side. And that's a great way when you can, as Patty Whipler said, you can collaborate. You can notice, wow, you really are getting good at folding your shirts. It's tricky to fold shirts. You got to do the arm part first, and then you have to fold them into the middle, and then you have to roll them into three different more folds. I don't know how, if you're a real fancy folder, I'm certainly not. I watch the Marie Kondo videos and I still haven't figured out yet. But if you're really into folding, teach that to your kids. They might absorb what you're teaching them. It may be a way you can connect on that sameness level where they kind of want to be like you and learn the skills that you have to pass on to them. So do them together. That is going to lead to less power struggles and more willingness to participate from your children. Going back to the idea of creating structures and routines around chores, go ahead and name a certain time a day or maybe once a week that is just heavy chore time. It's family chore time. And we do it all together in solidarity as a family because we all appreciate a neat and tidy home. And then you can go ahead and name it something funny or maybe ironic, like the Walter's Family Hour of Loveliness. And that's an hour every Sunday afternoon when we just clean the house from top to bottom. And we all pitch in. We spend an entire hour cleaning our house and make it fun and playful. Play music. Have a list of all the chores that need to happen and make a plan. Who's going to do what? Delegate responsibilities. And then when you finish, it's just an hour of your week. Do something fun afterwards that is not a chore. Something like family game time or watching a movie together or having ice cream sundaes. Whatever you want to do to kind of like put an end stamp on doing your hour of loveliness together. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Again, playing music can be great. I love the music from the Disney movie Enchanted. There's a song, the little working song that she cleans up the apartment that she's staying in and plays a song. I love playing that for my kids when they were little and saying like, okay, let's clean up this part of the room and let's see if we can finish picking up all of the blocks and Legos by the time the song ends. And it becomes fun and togetherness and bonding. And that's really what this is ideally meant to be. My next tip goes right on the heels of that. Don't battle over chores. You don't want to get into power struggles. You don't want to get to a point where you're having to coerce your child and threaten them. If you don't pick this thing up, then you're going to lose this privilege. This is not a place to get into a battle. So instead, go back to that discipline technique I talk about quite a bit in my podcast, that connect before direct. 
If you, if it's chore time and your child is not willing to do so, spend some time connecting with them. Spend a little bit of time doing something that's more fun where you can kind of have some nice engagement between the two of you, warm up that relationship energy that is going to turn on their desire to want to do things and follow and obey you, and then do the chores together. And again, make it fun, make it a game, make it a challenge. Don't make it a battle. My next tip is it can sometimes be helpful to define chore zones. Now, again, like I said, I know there are people that are really successful at getting their house to work like a business in terms of chores. There are parenting uh, educators and parent coaches like myself that have entire courses on how to train your family. And they have these charts and everybody has their area where they clean up and the chart rotates week by week. And I think that's fantastic. If that is your vibe and that works for you, I'm not quite so type A as I described when it comes to chores. So it worked better for my family other than the life skills, independent, like cleaning up your own room, doing your own laundry, those types of chores I already mentioned. The other types of kind of contributing to the family type chores It's worked better for my family to kind of just define zones, chore zones. For example, my 13-year-old son, he doesn't mind walking the dog and picking up her poop, and he doesn't mind doing dishes. My oldest daughter, on the other hand, she's highly sensitive, and the smells and the textures and the gross stuff in the sink and dealing with the dog poop, that's really hard for her on a sensory level. She doesn't always get off the hook. She sometimes does walk the dog. She does sometimes do the dishes. But usually I assign different tasks to her that are not as challenging on a sensory level. Things like babysitting and pitching in with her younger siblings, helping with meal prep for her siblings or for the family, setting the table, things like that. But don't challenge her quite so much on a sensory level on a daily basis. So again, zoning, zoning the chores so that you kind of, these are your category and you take care of these and vice versa. This works better, like I said. Some families works just fine to do a rotating schedule. If it's like there's no chores that kids want to do and every chore is incredibly equally distasteful, then you might have to go into a rotating schedule for your kids. Just figure out what works best for you and your kids based on their age and their capability. My next tip, accept good enough efforts. What you're going for here is participation, not perfection. So when your child completes a chore and maybe it's not done quite to the standards that you would ideally like to see, keep it to yourself and just focus on the fact they got it done, that they did participate. Their ability to do it to higher standards will come with time. And that's where the doing chores together piece can really help out when the kids are younger and kind of getting used to new chore. Do it together because then you can model how it ideally should be done. But then remember to keep realistic expectations. It's always worth involving kids in chores, even though they may not always be done to your ideal standards. Don't just give up and don't involve your kids in pitching in with chores just because you know you could do it better. That's where that perfectionism in the way your house is looking can really kind of come back to bite you as you just do everything and the kids don't do any participation because they're not going to do it to your standards. And then you end up frustrated going, gosh, my kids don't do anything around here. They never help out. They never pitch in. Well, maybe because your standards are not really realistic enough for your kids and what they are capable of doing or willing to do. Again, 
you're working for participation, not perfection when it comes to your kids and their participation in chores. Moving away from talking about chores and jobs around the house, I wanted to end by talking a little bit about my thoughts on allowance and giving your kids a weekly allowance. This is something that I have done with my kids and I've done it kind of in conjunction when they start participating in chores. However, I encourage you not to tie the two together. So that sounds completely contradictory. I understand. Now I'm going to explain what I mean. So as I said, as kids get a little older, they get two things. They earn responsibilities, that is chores, and they also earn privileges. Those are things like allowance. So allowance that kids get paid, I tend to do it based on their age. That works really well for me. I've got four kids. So what has worked for us is when my kid starts participating in chores regularly, like around age four, they get a dollar times how many years old they are per week. Meaning my four-year-old will get $4 a week. My eight-year-old will get $8 a week and so on. Now, the money, the allowance, I've done many things for the years. When my older kids were very young and we didn't have the same options available, they had piggy banks and they would just get actual money, bills, coins and whatnot, and they would put it into their little bank. I had one of these really cool ones that had areas of save, give, spend, where, or share. Save, share, spend where they would put their money and distribute it between those different categories. So they'd be sharing some, giving it away to a charity or donating it to a cause. They would have the money they were saving towards a goal and they'd have the money that they could spend when they wanted just to buy something privileged, like a piece of candy or something like that. As my kids get a little older, it was sometimes I, I wouldn't always have money on hand. I'd forget to pay them. We'd lose track or they would lose track of the money because they were young and they didn't really understand or know the value of money. And there wasn't really a lot of consistency around them taking the money out to go spend it and then losing it or not knowing where it was and whatnot. So as my kids got a little older, I switched over to doing online allowance. And initially it was done through just a regular bank account, but that caused some problems when it came to the kids wanting to pull money out. So eventually we moved to using an app called Greenlight. And that has worked really well for my family. I'll put a link to it in my show notes so you can look it up for yourself and see if it worked for you. But it's a really great way for kids to be paid electronically. So there's like a parent bank account and then you could set it up to distribute whatever their allowance amount is per week automatically. So you don't have to remember to do it. And then you can order up like debit card, credit cards tied to their Greenlight accounts that they can use instead of cash money when they want to go ahead and spend the money. It's worked out really well for my kids. And sometimes they forget their debit card at home or something. And so I'll go ahead and pay something for them. And then I can easily just deduct it from the Greenlight account and we'll add it back to the parent bank account. It's worked really well for us. But again, the allowance happens once kids are old enough to start participating in chores and responsibilities around the house. So it's not like if you do your chores, I'll pay you your money. It's more like you do your chores because you're contributing to the family. You also get allowance. And the purpose here, again, is for kids to understand the value of money, to get practice saving their money, to understand how much things cost. And also, it gives them the ability to get the frivolous things in life so that they're not always asking for things. Well, if you have money, you can get that. And then they understand, I don't have the money, I can't get those things. 
or if they have a goal, something they want to save money for. What a great experience for them to learn to save their money, get that Lego they really, really want, save their money, and then earn enough to actually be able to go out and buy it. So it's a really great opportunity for kids to be able to get money, understand the value of money, set goals for saving, giving, and spending just as a part of life. And that way, again, when kids want to have that piece of candy in the store, in the grocery store checkout, well, I don't know, do you have any money? I'm not going to buy it for you, but if you have money, you can get it for yourself. And then as kids are getting older and they're earning more allowance, you know, my oldest is 16, she gets $16 a week. That's a significant amount of money per week. She's expected to buy more things for herself because she earns more allowance. So when she wants to go to the movies or go to a concert or the county fair is happening and she wants a fair pass, those are things that she pays for with her own money. So when things are coming up, she knows she has to plan ahead. She has to save her money. She can't spend it frivolously on whatever she wants because she knows she's going to want to go to that concert. She knows she's going to want to you know, buy that piece of clothing that is not on the necessities list. She knows she has to save for it and not spend her money just as it's coming in immediately goes out again. It's really easy to do that. $16 a week might be significant in terms of allowance, but it doesn't buy a lot. So as kids are getting used to saving their money and spending it wisely, it's helpful to also increase the expectation of what they have to buy for themselves. My oldest, she had this goal. She really wanted to buy this very fancy guitar that was, she had an acoustic guitar, but she wanted a guitar that could be plugged into an amp. And it was a very fancy guitar. Now she had a head start. She did an acting gig at a professional theater. So she had some money saved from that, but she did need to save up another 500 or so dollars. And she did so through allowance and also by working other small jobs, which is the other thing I was going to throw in here. While I don't tie kids earning allowance tied to if they completed their chores or not, I do allow my kids to earn money for doing jobs outside of the range of the normal things that are tied to their regular contributions to the family or their life skills, things they're taking care of for themselves. So that could be anything from some gardening tasks to my daughter a week or two ago, she really wanted to earn some extra money and our pantry was a disaster. And so I let her earn money by clearing out and cleaning our entire pantry, bringing out all the food, getting rid of all the expired food, reorganizing it. It took her a couple hours and she earned some money that she wanted to go out and spend. So when kids are motivated to earn money, offering those jobs, that's different than the types of chores that they do on a daily and weekly basis just because they're contributing to the family as a whole or doing something that is expected of them because they've gotten to that age and stage. I hope that's been helpful in kind of sharing with you what has been, through a lot of trials and errors, this has been the most successful path to incorporating my kids to participate in chores and also how we handle allowance. I've included some of the links, the hand-in-hand parenting quote I read. I've included a link in my show notes to an article that has some more thoughts on children and chores. And I also have included a link to that green light app that we use to pay our kids allowance. Take care and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. 
If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.